After winning the 1996 Africa Cup of Nations, Bafana Bafana were the darlings of South Africa. Every corner of the country, from Santon to Soweto and Standerton to Secunda, celebrated our newfound freedom by getting behind a team that, like the new South Africa, had surprised the naysayers and triumphed against the odds when they beat Tunisia 2-0 in the final to win the AFCON on home soil. Mashweo has scored after 22 minutes. South Africa lead in the Nations Cup semi-final. Glorious goal. Decorated football journalist Thomas T.K. Gwenaite remembers those days when, like South Africa, the men's senior national team, under the guidance of Clive the Dog Barker, transformed from the 4x4s to Bafana Bafana. The mood really, it was something unbelievable because um, I think Madiba was right to say that football has the ability to unite people and especially when you look at the, um, our situation in South Africa, our background, where we come from, if sport can be used really to bring us together because you have a situation where people have a tendency of um, kind of taking us back to the old days of apartheid. But yet when rugby rugby won the World Cup, Bafana Bafana won the Cup of Nations in 96, you know, you saw people of all shades and colors coming together. Captain Neil Tovey remembers the 3rd of February 1996 so vividly when the Madiba magic inspired Bafana Bafana to greater heights. He had done it with Francois in a World Cup rugby uh, the previous year. And um, he knew what sport did for unifying this country uh, and coming to visit us in, in our hotels and we had matches. You know, just he would greet each and every single person in that room. And he spent time chatting and found time to chat to each and every single member. And so after that glorious day at the FNB Stadium, it then slowly dawned on the nation that World Cup qualification was within our grasp. South Africa, grouped with Congo, Zaire and Zambia, started by making light work of Chipolo Polo, then a 3-1 aggregate victory over Zaire, which would later become the Democratic Republic of Congo. But it all came down to Bafana Bafana's last match against Congo at the FNB Stadium on the 16th of August, 1997. After an intercept and crisp pass from 16V Dr. Kumalo, Phil Chipa Masinga unleashed a long-range thunderbolt which shook the net as South Africa beat Congo by a goal to nil to book their ticket to France 98. <laughs> I still have goosebumps when I talk about that because uh, it was such an unbelievable situation because uh, in the morning I was with my brother-in-law. He was coming to pick up the tickets and he said, how, how would the, go, the game go? I said to him, you know, I think I'm going to score a goal that will take that success all I can. And he said, sure. I said, yes, I'll do that. And after scoring that goal, I'll come next to where you'll be sitting and turning my head, showing it's me who scored it. And, you know, when I scored the goal, I nearly forgot about turning around my head. And I had to go around making everything mad. Then after a while, I remember, I promised him that I would turn around my head. I turned around the, 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 the,
But the joy was to be short-lived as Safa inexplicably sacked Barker just months before the World Cup. After guiding South Africa to their first World Cup qualification, Barker was in charge of Bafana Bafana when they participated at the Confederations Cup, a pre-World Cup tournament in Saudi Arabia in December 1997. Bafana qualified for the eight-team competition by virtue of winning the 1996 Africa Cup of Nations and were on a high after a thrilling 3-2 loss to world champions Brazil at Ellis Park earlier that year. And so Bafana Bafana went into the Confederations Cup under a weight of unrealistic expectation as the nation demanded a semi-final finish. Veteran football journalist Matsilane Mamabolo recalls the events of 1997. Sometimes I long for those days because those were beautiful days. You know, whenever Bafana Bafana were to play, you had this expectation that the team will win. Everybody knew who played in the team. You know, we could all just, you know, call your name, your, your, your starting lineup, and too often you'd get it right because the team was so consistent, having been built over many years. Do you think maybe the, the expectations were unrealistic because unrealistic, people wanted a semi-final? Am I, yes, I think so. And and I think even, you know, sadly, I think even the association itself, because you would think, yes, we as fans, you know, can expect, but uh, the reality should have been with the association that, guys, we've done well to get where we are, but we are not at this level yet. We go to the Confed Cup, we learn, we pick up lessons there that we take to the World Cup. But there was also a group of, you know, our fellow writers. I remember, I mean, I worked for the Star, and our Saturday Star was essentially like, it was almost a campaign, you know, mm. to, to get rid of Clive Buck. Uh, I remember uh, um, the late Mzim Gebisa, the late Clinton Assari, and um, David Lake, who was the boss there, you know, they, they, it was, it was like almost articles every week, uh, why Clive should go, you know, and, and I think eventually, you know, I mean, over the years, you've seen how uh, the South African Football Association tend to go with what the noise is out there. And Clive was fired. But a two-all draw against the Czech Republic, a 1-0 loss against the United Arab Emirates, and a 4-3 loss to Uruguay saw Bafana Bafana finish bottom of their group, and Barker knew then that his days were numbered. You know, when you're in a foreign country and you're playing in a tournament and uh, people who are in the hierarchy walk past you, you know that there's something wrong. We had, uh, and that, funny enough, that evening, we'd given possibly our best performance when we drew uh, two-all against Czechoslovakia. They were ranked number two in the world at that stage, and so it wasn't that they weren't playing well. Uh, they went to you a year ago, I beat them 4-3, so it was down to the wire in that game. So a week before Christmas, with the writing on the wall, Clive Barker resigned as Bafana Bafana coach. But even after finishing the 1997 Confed Cup with just one point from three matches, Phil Masinga still believes that in letting Barker go, 
SAFA President Mulefi Olifant made a big mistake. The Confederations Cup that we had in uh, Saudi Arabia yes. is the one that uh, uh, changed the whole situation. And uh, uh, I was really disappointed because I think Clive Parker deserved uh, to, to go to the World Cup. Uh, when, he, when he took over as a coach, he promised South Africans that he will win Africa Cup of Nations and then he will make sure that South Africa qualifies for the World Cup for the first time. And he did that. Uh, and then he did that. Why can't you give him that liberty of uh, taking his team into the World Cup? Parker's dismissal paved the way for Frenchman Philippe Trouzier to take over the World Cup reigns after Jomo Sono had been in charge on an interim basis for the 1998 Nations Cup. Despite Sono guiding Bafana to the final and giving an opportunity to a young Benny McCarthy who grabbed headlines when he scored four goals in 20 minutes in a match against Namibia, Safa stuck to their guns and jettisoned Sono after AFCON 98. Trouzier named his World Cup squad, included Masinga and all the usual class of 96 suspects, but then surprisingly added the name of a little-known Pierre Issa. Born in Germiston to Lebanese parents, Issa grew up in France and held South African, French and Lebanese citizenship. Issa, though, would leave his mark on the World Cup as he scored two own goals in Bafana's opening match, 3-0 loss against hosts and eventual champions, France. Jokef, lots of deflections and the final one is by Issa. An own goal gives France some breathing space. Extraordinary sequence. Following that loss, Bafana Bafana recovered by holding Denmark to a credible one-all draw, with Benny McCarthy scoring South Africa's first ever goal at a FIFA World Cup. I never think I would ever play in a World Cup. It was an incredible moment, and then you play in your first match in a World Cup. The biggest stage is Denmark, Peter Schmeichel, yeah. Very special because it was the first goal ever scored by South Africa in a World Cup and yeah, it was me so it was and Simel Mundo I was on top of the world But sadly, again, the Bafana Bafana joy was short-lived as backroom issues once again derailed the team. From the very beginning, Barker's sacking and Trusier's appointment had left both the nation and Bafana Bafana dispirited. Mama Bolo recalls how the Frenchman's autocratic leadership style had undermined the work done by the dog in the years leading up to the World Cup. We had to now deal with Philippe Trusier, who Whew. was actually a very, very difficult person to deal with. So, you know, that, that whole spirit, that, that whole atmosphere that used to be prevalent in the, in the Bafana squad when you went to training sessions where it was all friendly and you could talk to the players freely, um, was gone in the build-up to, to the World Cup. And so when a group of Bafana players went out to celebrate that one-all draw against the Scandinavians and reported late for camp the following morning, Trouzier swiftly kicked Brendan Augustine and Noti Mukwena out of the camp and sent them back home to South Africa. The pair were sent back home for breaking a curfew and made an emotional departure from the team's headquarters. But sources inside Bafana later disclosed that there had been two previous incidents in Vichy 
where players broke curfews set by Trousier. A group of 15 was involved in the first incident and five in the second two days later. Mukwena believes that they were the scapegoats because the coach was unwilling to punish some of the more senior players in the side that had also broken curfew. I, for me, it was a dream come true. Sure. And, uh, it was a good feeling, special for my family and my, my friends. But uh, what happened there, I think it's just uh, there was a big misunderstanding there. And then some people look like whatever they read on the papers, they believe whatever they read, yeah. they read mm. on the papers. And then they never listen to the horse's mouth. I was the fittest player in South Africa mm. when he left 1998. So ask yourself, how can you keep, you take a fittest player in your team and then you keep him on the bench for the rest of the tournament? Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing because now <coughs> it's like whenever we fail, we're trying to point fingers. Yeah, but at the end, TV Quenaite wonders what might have been if Safa had allowed Barker to lead his team to France 98. I was fortunate enough to actually go to France and I was physically there. I spent almost five weeks in France with Bafana Bafana and all that. But it was not only painful for me, but I think it was the biggest mistake that the South African Football Association has done to sack Clive Barker on the eve of the World Cup after he had qualified the team for the World Cup. And you're quite right, Clive had a way with his players. He had built a bond, a kind of affinity with the players. Because um, he actually went out to drink with them. And then and he would tell them that those who stay out until late, I will deal with you the following day. So it was that if uh, the players stayed out late until and what have you, he will really punish them at training the following day. And Clive would understood his players. He, he understood the culture, their backgrounds, where they came, came from, all of them. He understood the dynamics of managing a team made up of players from various different backgrounds and all that. Clive, one, he would allow them to go out, go see their girlfriends and their wives. He would give them a day off to go cut their hair and, and you go shopping. Clive was that kind of. And so the players kind of warmed up to him. They understood him. And when he when he asked them to stay, they would stay. And I, I agree with you. In a sense, we never know what would have happened. Had it been Clive, maybe he could have handled it differently. You must understand that Philippe Trozier was a foreigner. Mm. And he, he perhaps felt that um, if he allowed them to stay in camp, he would lose the respect of the rest of the team. Or he'll lose his, yes, he'll lose the dressing room. He'll lose his authority. And so he had to take action as an example of what will happen if you don't listen to him. The debacle after the match against Denmark left Bafana Bafana as an emotionally spent force going into what would be their final match of the World Cup against Saudi Arabia. If France beat Denmark and Bafana won against the Saudis, they still stood a chance of qualifying for the last 16. But even this wasn't enough motivation as South Africa failed to capitalize on the Danes' loss to Le Bleu, drawing 2-2 with Saudi Arabia. Bafana Bafana bowed out of their very first World Cup campaign with two points, finishing third in their group. This was a disappointing result for striker Sean Bartlett, but the magic of scoring a brace against the Saudis is a memory he will forever cherish. So when I got a chance to play against, uh, obviously, Saudi Arabia in the last game, it was pretty much our last game because we knew we were going to go home. But scoring that first goal, and I think if you go on YouTube or wherever and you see the the excitement on my face, 
if the, if the gates of that stadium wouldn't close, I was just going to run out. That's how, how excited I got. And when I managed to get the second goal, obviously from the penalty spot, that for me was a great achievement as an individual. But when it comes to team achievements, that's still obviously the priority because as much as individuals will score winning goals, I think it's about the team effort that gets you that goal. And we had some great players during that time. But even with a first-round exit for Thomas TK Kwenaite, he still believes that Bafana Bafana performed decently in their first World Cup outing. I think under the circumstances, South Africa did very, very well. Very, very exceptionally well. Yes, I know that people are saying, um, how could we lose 3-0 to France and uh, Pierre Issa scoring two own goals? But remember, France went on to become champions that year. So not bad. I don't think they were bad at all. They actually drew with Denmark in a game that they could have won. Quinton Fortune hit the crossbar. Benny McCarthy scored. And we had Denmark on the back foot altogether. And then you come to Saudi Arabia. I think Saudi Arabia um, was a surprise package, so to speak. And uh, again, in hindsight and with a little bit of experience, I think Bafana Bafana could have won that game. When you look at the way they performed and you look back at the way they controlled that game, but unfortunately, as I said, it was the first time ever that they were performing at that stage. Personally, I wasn't bitter. I wasn't disappointed. I was actually proud, even though they failed to qualify for the, for the next round. For Clive Barker, though, the wound of not being in charge of his beloved Bafana Bafana at France 98 remains open. Even 20 years later, the dog says he should have fought harder to keep his job and take Bafana Bafana to the World Cup. I was an absolute wimp. I was a coward. Um, I don't know, I just felt I'd had enough of it then, but uh, that was wrong because I let the players down. I don't think we might not have done any better, but uh, the team that went there to France would have been a much happier team. And um, for that, I let them down. And I owe an apology to all the players. I made a couple of mistakes because everybody does. Um, uh, when I can duck the rock against Brazil that night, everybody reminds me about, <laughs> about that night. And uh, it's just generally, um, it was a good team. It was a good place to be in. Behind the Big Five. Every Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Stay tuned. Stay tuned to Kaya FM for more.